everyone. Welcome back to the Completely Fucking Clueless podcast. My name is Sarah Alice Liddy, and today I have a very special guest, a very wanted guest on this podcast. I have my amazing partner, Olivia. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Happy how does to it have you be here? Yeah, how does it feel? How does this feel? Good. It's not what I'm used to, but. I know. You're going to be on camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I was like, I, when I asked you to be on camera, I was like, this is either going to be a yes or a, a definite no. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. You know, anything anything for the pod. So. <laughs> anything for the pod. Anything for the pod. Well, you, there's been a lot of questions for you and for us about our relationship. I talk about our relationship quite frequently. What is that like, like hearing me talk about the relationship when you're like in your car listening to it on Spotify? I like it. I think it um, gives me a little peek into, s- into sort of your mind and how you're thinking and feeling about oh, really? me and us. So <laughs> I like it. You know, sometimes it's funny. I know. Sometimes I'm like, should I be sharing this? But then I'm like, anything for the pod. <laughs> anything for the pod. Do it all for the pod. Do it all for the pod. <laughs> Anyways, I want to get into what your point of view on our story is I've told the (laughs) listeners our story like a bunch of different times um but I want to hear it from your point of view yeah so in 2011 we went to camp together Mm -hmm. um I was 13 I think you were 12 You know, I had a crush on you eventually. Uh, but what was your first impression of me? Because I remember asking yeah. you this and you were like, I thought you were annoying or something. I thought you were annoying. Um, I was reading, this is bad, but I was reading over some old like journal entries. And yeah. I, and in the journal entry, I said, at first I thought she was a slut, which is so mean. It's oh so mean. That's so I was reading mean. it and I was like, wow, 13 year old me is an asshole. <laughs> like, at first, what, what gave the impression that I was I a no slut idea. to 13-year-old you? Oh, my I, God. Maybe, maybe I didn't know what that word meant. meant and I was but just also, using it willy-nilly, but, like... I feel like at the time, like, every, like those words were just, like, tossed around a lot more. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I meant it as, like, preppy or, like, someone I wouldn't necessarily like. Yeah, we were very different. But, um... Still are. Yeah. And then, like, a week into camp of the two weeks that you were here, I realized I really liked you I think I told a couple of your of your one of your friends and a couple of the other like campers in our cabin like hey I have a crush on Sarah Um, just in case anybody else was trying I guess so (laughs) I don't know Um, (laughs) and then and I don't remember this but it's written down from a first person source so I know it's true me first person source is me (laughs) Um, we slept together non-sexually slept together in the same bed for like three days that's crazy because yeah. i don't remember that i do remember the last I. night but i don't remember yes. like and the on the prior. final night the day before you were the night before you were leaving um Sad tear. we made out apparently for like an hour and a half <laughs> again this is all from my journal <laughs> i love the journal is spilling the tea <laughs> and i said quote it was intense <laughs> And then you left. I'm um, dying. You went home. Yes. I stayed at camp for like another month. 
Yes. And that was what I call our love letter era. Yes, that was. Because um, I remember I had written you like, well, they had like some sort of portal, like where yes. you could write letters to the campers. And emails, basically. Yeah. And they would print out the emails and give, give them, them to, to you. Us. And you could like attach photos. And I remember sending you an email. And looking back on it, I really do think that my mom <laughs> looked at what I was saying. Yes. Because I remember her being like, is Olivia just like a friend? And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, I just friends but yeah <laughs> yeah and you sent a lot of like handwritten letters yeah too, like cards um notes you confessed your love for me <laughs> via a letter love this morning oh, um not sweet. the first time you confessed your love to me via a letter i think <laughs> i always letter. do it via a letter or some sort of like <laughs> internet letter mm -hmm. yeah um yeah and then I came back from camp and we had this like mostly long distance because we were 13 and 12 and, 12 like, and we weren't going to be driving to each other's houses. We lived like half an hour away from each other. Yeah. But like <laughs> on uh, oh, other shoot, end of the world. Right. Like, we're also so young. Yes. Like I don't know what I was thinking at that time. I know. Um, yeah. And then we crashed and burned because of <laughs> mental illness. <laughs> Uh, and we did number other things. Yes. I mean, like, sure. I feel like at that time, at like twelve years old, I was so not ready to accept who I was. Like, there, it was not a question. I mean, I'm very open about being like, had my cute little young girl gay phase, and then at fifteen, I was like, that was so much fun. Like, that's over now. You know, but it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> fun fact: it wasn't over. Um, yeah, and then we really didn't talk, talk at all. At all. I mean, until you bombarded me at my high school. Until 2014, <laughs> when I moved <laughs> from Connecticut, where I'd grown up, to Westchester, New York, where Sarah grew up. Um, and through a complex turn of events, I ended up having to go to her high school for my senior year of high school. Um, that was like the scariest thing. <laughs> Like, I'll never forget, I, I and, like, there was a complex way of me finding out, but I'll never forget, like, when I found out that you were going to come to my high school for a year, and I had done such a, like, good job at hiding mm. everything, and I was like, here we go, my life is over, <laughs> like, everyone's going to know all my secrets, like, everything I've done to, like, hide who I am, it's over. I just, I can't understand how you thought that I had this much power and this much, like, malice towards you that I would completely uproot my family's life to come and destroy yours. No, 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 no. I did not think that you uprooted your family's life to destroy my life. But I was like, I guess like I was like out of all the high schools in Westchester and now like I know the full story like speaking with your parents so I'm like oh wow like of course you had no other choice but to come to my <laughs> high school. But at the time you're a selfish what? I was 16, 17 years old and I was like why the fuck are you coming to my high school? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but honestly, like, that, our, my senior year, I was so done. I was like, I didn't care. I wasn't here to make friends. I was here right. to take six regents and graduate. Like, That's crazy. <laughs> for reference for the people, where did you go to high school, like, before coming to my high school? So I went to a private therapeutic uh, day school in Connecticut. Um, Connecticut does not have the same like standardized test requirements as New York does. So in order to graduate with a New York State diploma, I had to take essentially four years of standardized tests in one 
year where I wouldn't have graduated. Which is like crazy because regents are just so still, silly and stupid. <laughs> like I cannot even. Yeah. And a lot, a couple of them were for classes I never even took. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> but you're a smart person. So, um, yeah, and then somehow, and I don't exactly remember how, but we started talking again. We were in the same gym class. Oh, we were in the same lifetime yes, gym? We wow, and after PE everything, class. we were still in that class all year together. Yeah. Nuance, everybody, what you'll get in a second is, <laughs> yeah, so we were together for, not together. We were together. I was sort of dating someone else. At right, the time. which I didn't know so, about. So, I mean, it was like a very toxic on-off thing, so I don't really consider it Mm. real but technically I was and so we somehow became friends I guess where we would call the truce yeah (laughs) where we would hang out like after school right or you had a blue mini cooper Mm -hmm. we would drive around I, I remember we went to like a playground once um we went to like a coffee like coffee shop a few times Mm -hmm. we just you know we hung out a few times um and I remember somehow, like, you know, I was very big into Tumblr as a kid. And so... Who wasn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I kept, like, saying, like, oh, I can't remember the name of your Tumblr. Like, what? I don't remember what your Tumblr URL was. Do you still have it? And you're like, huh, I don't know. I don't think I use it anymore. And you wouldn't tell me what your Tumblr URL was. Mm. And I was like, I gave up. I was like, okay, I'll never know what it is. And then one day one evening you sent me the link to your tumblr url and i clicked on it and there is this long ass (laughs) confession love letter i'm so dramatic i love it (laughs) um talking about you know our past and our history and like oh i I couldn't get over you i still love you like (laughs) you know very sweet and i have that as well saved on my phone (laughs) um um and I was like, cool, great. <laughs> like, happy to, okay. Okay. Um, and then the next day, <laughs> you started dating someone else. Yeah. A man, a gross, lanky, <laughs> skinny man, who I think was in my physics class. He was just, like, not a nice person. No, yeah. I mean, I think we, I've, and I've, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. At the time, I was just, like, not ready. And, yeah. um even though I'm sorry for hurting you. It's okay. I mean, we've talked about it, yeah. you know, and it doesn't... At the time, I think I chalked it up to, like, essentially what it was. Like, yeah. oh, she's not ready. Yeah. She's not comfortable with this. Like, this is the easy, the safe option, and she's going to go with the safe option, you know? And I understood that. And also, I was like, I don't... Had I'm out of here. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, whatever. I'm going to college, you know, in the Midwest. Like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so then I graduated high school, went to college, and we really didn't talk the rest of the year. No, I can't even believe um, we were in the, we same, were the same gym, gym class. class. Yeah. Wait, I did not know that detail. Along with um, a couple of your friends, too, like your current friends. Oh, okay. Huh, interesting. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, and then we didn't talk at all while you were in college or while I was in college. Well, I did drunk call you a few times really I don't remember this yes I drunk called you a few times in freshman year of college did I have your number block though maybe yeah yeah because I feel like I left voicemails I don't remember I was like wasted like (laughs) nice (laughs) um but anyways we really didn't talk until 2020 when you slid in my dms uh with classic hey you up at two o'clock in the morning (laughs) 
This story makes me look really bad. That's all I have to I'm say. Sorry, you didn't say no. hey you up. You no, said, I said hey, hey how, how are you? you? What, yeah. But it's so in that like how I said it was just so unlike I me. Was like one thirty in the morning. I know. <laughs> so had to take yeah. the 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 liquid courage <laughs> while I had it. Yeah, and then we ended up small talking, and then we ended up big talking about some of the things that have happened in our past. One thing led to another, and we started like a long, long distance sort of. Uh, long, you know what I'm thing. thinking of? Did you ever watch the Naked Brother? Naked the Naked, Naked Brothers Bro- band. Yes. yes. Long distance relationships <laughs> will kill you. That's literally. <laughs> it. That was such a weird show. I know. <laughs> Um, okay, that yeah, pretty much lines story. up with with my point of view yeah, for most of it. So. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But now we're we've been in a relationship for three years. If anybody, or almost three years, if anybody is new to us and our story, and so we talk a lot on the podcast, as you know, because Audrey is single, who is the co-host with me, um, about you know her dating life and stuff. But we don't talk a lot about like the all the things that go into relationships and so I thought having Olivia on today would be a good kind of time to talk about relationships in your 20s and how to navigate them and go about them and so how has it been for you being in a relationship in your 20s and have you ever like struggled with the whole idea and rhetoric sometimes that is passed around in the 20s decade of like you need to be on your own and you need to like you know what, what's that phrase I'm thinking of a pond and fish, like test the waters or like get out all your options. I don't know. Everybody knows I'm not good at sayings. Big big fish in a small pond. No, that's a whole other one. So forget it. Um, Yeah, I mean, before we started talking again in 2020, I was living in Boston. And I had, I feel like my move to Boston after college was sort of my way of like, going out to find myself and like in your 20s you know in my 20s yeah I was like 21 I think when I moved to Boston um yeah so I mean I think to an extent I experienced that but you know at the same time I'm almost 26 now and I feel like I've I'm more in a place where I'm like more certain about my life or like what I want the things I want the things I'm working towards um and I want to do that with you thanks (laughs) that's so kind I mean I think like I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the pod but I think I something that I've struggled with a lot in our relationship was this like kind of idea and rhetoric of like you should go out and be wild and like sleep with other people and date around because I have never been a real serial dater like I've never been on like a first date where it's like I don't know the person I've rarely used social media apps like for dating wise and stuff like that and so I think when we hopped into our relationship like it all of a sudden got like very serious and I was like oh my god like this is like a real relationship because prior like all my relationships were sort of like really unhealthy and just like not rooted in a great place and so I think it like scared me that I hadn't had or I was like am I supposed to have these experiences because that's what's like everybody else is saying or doing or telling me to do like I had had like family members be like you know you should just date around and like 
figure out who you are and all these things. So it was definitely something I struggled with, like, at the beginning of our relationship. It's only something I've just got, I feel like, gotten over the hump of. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, dating around or sleeping around. Playing the field. That's what it is. There's nothing wrong with playing the field. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) You know, that's what you want, but I don't really see the point in forcing yourself to do that if that's not what's right for you or if it means you know turning your back on something that that could be right yeah you you know yeah well thank god for meg j like you have meg j to thank like the (laughs) 20s guru (laughs) for getting me back in check because something uh, her book talks about and like when we had talked with her Audrey and I you know she was saying how a lot of her 20 something clients like don't like feel like they're not allowed to take their relationships in their 20s seriously because of this whole idea of like playing the field and dating around however you know something she emphasizes is how important and not saying like the person that you're dating in your 20s could ultimately lead to marriage but it could and she was like so many people don't take the question of who you may marry someday very seriously until you turn 30 because it's like the whole idea of like I'm gonna do whatever I want and then all of a sudden the deadline of 30 hits and I need to like have it all together and like have the person and the marriage and the life um but she she like urged me like if I think that this is something that I can like see long term that I should take it seriously and it's okay to and there's no like you know there's no shame in not having like been on a bunch of dates and like all of that stuff like I can I don't need that to be like I really like our relationship yeah yeah I don't think it's like a necessary thing to do I think if it happens it happens and that's great yeah and if you know if you find someone and and that works then that's great too yeah you know yeah 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 but you dated around in college which we'll get to a little yeah (laughs) a little I mean I think anybody who's dated around I'm like you've dated around because I I really didn't I've kind of like kind of been a serial monogamist (laughs) but I'm like you've dated around um (laughs) And so being, like, together in our 20s, what do you think are some of, like, the individual challenges that you face? Like, even just being in a committed, like, relationship, you know? Because I think this is the first relationship where I've ever taken, like, the things, like, my individual challenges seriously or realized that I had to. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think something that I have struggled with in a lot of my you know significant relationships not even just romantic is like this idea of like oh if if you know me you won't like me and so I need to either hide who I am or put on this mask or this front Mm. of who I think you want me to be Mm. you know Um, and I think that was something I really struggled with because especially towards the beginning of our relationship because like yeah, I liked you, and I was afraid that you weren't going to like me. Mm. You know, and I valued you and the relationship we had, and I didn't value myself. Mm. And so I thought that I needed to be someone worthy of, val- of valuing mm. without really recognizing that I inherently have value in myself. You yeah. Know, you know what I'm saying? What do you think, like, what did you do to find that value within yourself? I mean, I think I'm st- it's something I'm still working on, you know. I don't think that's really just something you can, like, flip a switch and, sure. it, and it's suddenly fixed. I think that's, you know, something that 
is a huge part of my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, I started saying affirmations. That's really helped. Um, I do a lot of affirmations. I have a, like what or can you share some of them? Or are they too personal? No, um, affirmations. I mean, they could be anything. They could be um, I am enough is a big one that I say a lot. Slay. Um, I am capable. You know, I am worthy. You mm-hmm. know, I bring value to the relationships I'm in. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I also have like apps on my phone that send yeah, me little, you do. like random affirmations. Um, so I think like combating the negative self-talk has been really important, important. Mm-hmm. and establishing like positive self-talk is a really has been a helpful step in sort of building my sense of self-worth. Yeah. So that I feel like I have value just by being who I am. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I definitely think you do. I definitely (laughs) think you do. I mean, I kind of talked about my, like, the 20s rhetoric challenge that I had. But I definitely think something that I, like, discovered this year or, like, 2020, like, into 2023 was, like, kind of undoing some of the not, like, best relationships I behaviors that I had gained from previous relationships and I don't think I mean like we all know that like we pick up behaviors and thoughts and feelings from relationships that we're in but I don't think I really realized how they were affecting me until we went through the break that we went through in like December to late January um and I think the biggest like bad behavior I quote unquote took up was not telling you how I feel Mm -hmm. and I think this is something people struggle with all the time because I mean even on TikTok I see people talk about it all the time they're like you know people can't read your minds and whatever and I knew that like rationally but in practice I really didn't put it into use um I feel like there was like this period of like three months that we went through where we both of us weren't really telling each other how we were feeling and I thought I was doing like a service to you in our relationship by doing that and I also think like I kind of lost my train of thought there but I thought that yeah I thought I was doing the right thing and I think I thought I was doing the right thing because in my prior relationship I had learned that you know not saying how I feel how I'm feeling kept me safe Mm -hmm. which is so unfortunate but like that was just the reality of that relationship is I learned very quickly that if I had any thoughts or feelings that they were just going to be um, met with a lot of anger and violence and so I was like let me put that down Um, but in our relationship, doing that got me to a point where there was a lot of anger and resentment and I felt like, well, nothing can be done about this because it's already so great. Like, how are we going to fix all this, all, all of these feelings? And so I just kind of like ran away mm-hmm. instead of actually trying to address the things that I was like feeling. Um, and, and that was really tough. Mm-hmm. And it was tough to, like, go through that period of time. However, it gave me, like, the biggest lesson, I feel like, and has put us in, like, a really good space, like, going through that really hard moment. Yeah, I mean, 
I think, you know, we as human beings develop patterns of behavior that protect us, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that avoidance is a protecting behavior for you. It's to keep you safe from the unknown or like a confrontation or violence or something like anything like that, you know, anything that you don't want to experience. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, that very same behavior is what causes the conflict, causes the, or at least exacerbates the conflict yeah. and makes it so much bigger than it would be if you kind of tackle one thing at a time, you know, yeah. because when you, when you let three months or however long of little things go unaddressed, suddenly it turns into this giant snowball and it feels insurmountable. Yeah. You know, and that, and that's with anything that's with relationships, that's with homework, that's with, you know, any sort of quote unquote responsibilities you may have. Like if you don't tackle one thing at a time and you let them build up for however long, they snowball into this like really scary and, and impossible thing. Yeah, it was hard. It was like not easy. And uh, like, and I don't, and I remember, like I remember the moment you told me and it kind of like clicked like these behaviors that like once kept you safe are no longer keeping you safe and you don't have to like use those behaviors anymore. And I was like, wait that's so right like I'm doing like I'm doing this and I'm not even realizing I'm doing it and now like we're at this point um yeah it was crazy it was crazy you're good at talking to people and, and working <laughs> and working people through their things that's why Olivia is going to be like an amazing like mental health professional whichever way you decide to go whichever way um but you know I think we've obviously worked our way through it and I think what do you think are some of like the challenges we've faced together? So we've had our individual stuff. Like what have we had to face together? Yeah. Obviously communication. Definitely communication was, was a big one for both of us. I feel I like think. it's a big thing for everybody. It's yeah. always like oh, communication is key. No one wants to talk about how they feel. <laughs> Why? Why do you think? Um, I think a large part of it comes from a lack of like language. And okay. So like they don't have the words to sure to describe how they're feeling or they don't have you know or they have certain learned struck like sentence structures that they'll say that are very accusatory or defensive mm -hmm. that aren't really getting to the root of the thing that's you know the problem um i also think there's like a taboo that still exists i mean it's getting better now but like a fee like a taboo like oh my relationships need to be perfect right. all the time. That's what I was thinking of earlier. Not, I'm wrong and I'm bad, like, and so you fake it, essentially, in an attempt to fake it till you make it, but that doesn't work with with human being, hu human connections. You know, yeah, that just, it breaks down. Yeah, yeah. I think I felt that too a lot. Was like, I have to keep up this like idea of having like the perfect relationship and like, you know relationships have to be like calm and cool and like there can't be any disagreements ever which is just like not the truth and especially if you're growing together as individuals and you know spending many many years together like there's gonna be times where you disagree like that's just yeah. like so unrealistic to not think yeah and I honestly think having 
you know, conflict or fights or arguments or whatever you want to call it, having those and working through them can make you a stronger pair or whatever. Yeah. It it can strengthen your connection because you, you, you face this really hard thing and you get through it together. Yeah. I think something I do with communication, we were talking about this last night, is like because I'm so concerned with how the other person is going to take, like, to feel about what I'm saying, I'll sort of, like, beat around what I, like, want to say. I'll, like, overemphasize that this person feels safe and, like, good about what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, I end up, like, sliding by how I'm actually feeling. And I feel like that's what I did for a really long time with the us. Was, like, it's not like we weren't communicating. We would talk about things. I mean, we talk about things a lot more now and because – like we'll get to we've fostered that environment between us but um I think before I met everything with like at least with communication with like a very like poised way of saying it like this is how therapy has taught me to say this and let me make sure you're doing okay and let me not talk about how I actually feel again I think that's that was designed to you sure. you know to to manage another person's emotional reaction to what you have to say or what your feelings are to protect yourself from you know violence whether verbal or you know something else yeah to protect yourself from their reaction sure. you, you try to um handle it before it's even happened sure yeah yeah I've always been that way though I've always been like a fixer like a Mm -hmm. sew that button up (laughs) kind of person um and I think something else that like a challenge before was that like the idea of we're not like opponents with each other Mm -hmm. and that we're on the same team which I thought was such did you say that or did we find that somewhere I mean that's a that's a big thing I remember um I think you sent me an article about a woman who was dealing with like very severe mental illness, mm-hmm. um, and her her husband and her like had to shift their mindset from like oh. her husband being angry at her for being sick to the two of them being angry at, at her depression or at her right. OC or whatever it was. I don't remember what it was, but being angry at like another third party, you know, thing. Thing, yes. Instead of each other. Right, yeah. You know, so so it's shifting like a me versus you mentality to an us versus whatever them it is the issue mentality. is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was really helpful, especially like from the like the phase of relationship we were at at the time. Like you were really struggling, things were really difficult and I think, yeah, when I before I had read this article, I was very upset at you but it's not I like and then I read this article and I was like wait I'm not upset upset at you like I don't want to be angry at you like not or not even like your mental illness but it's not me against you it's like us against like what you're going through and how we can like work together um to like help you through that yeah and I think that can be applied to lots of different things yeah it can be applied to anything like oh you know I work so much, I don't have time. And so instead of being like, I'm angry at you because you're working all the time, 
be like, I'm angry at your job because they make you work all the time. Yes. Like, I was angry you know. at your, your job <laughs> yeah. at the time. Yeah, but shifting the, the blame, so to sure. speak, from one another to this other enemy yeah. that you can both face hand in hand. Like, right, right. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, do you have any couple challenges you want to bring up um, that you think we've gone through? I think something that's been hard has been um, valuing our individ individuality and independence while still prioritizing the relationship. relationship. You know, I think that's been not so much now, but I think that has been a problem in the past is like, how do I balance, you know, my life and my personal time and everything like that? while also valuing the relationship and being there for the relationship. Yeah, it was yeah. hard. Yeah. It was hard. I feel like I find, at least with you, not with many other people, um, actually with almost nobody else, I like have this weird, I think I've definitely talked about this, this weird thing about me that I've had since I was a kid where Monday through Thursday – I, like no social things are allowed to happen in my life. I literally remember being in elementary school and somebody asking me for a play date and I was like, no, you can ask me on Friday or Saturday, but like not during the week. Um, and that played a role for a while in our relationship, especially when you had a job that had you working on the weekend. I found it so hard to like switch this. Mm -hmm. But I think something that's helped me with that and just like opening up more time to us um, is realizing that I don't have to be anything for you. Like, like I don't have to like be on. I can literally just sit on my phone and scroll TikTok side by side with you and like that mm -hmm. is fine. And I think we've been pretty good like at communicating like, hey, like I'm exhausted today. Yeah. Like either I want to see you but like I'm just going to be exhausted or like, hey, I need to like go home. Mm -hmm. Like last night. Yeah. You know, I think it, it's trying to find, like, recognize that being together can be restorative. Yeah. And um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a social drain. Right. You know, like, we don't have to, just because we're hanging out doesn't mean we have to go out to dinner or, like, go get drinks or plan or something. Yeah. We can just, like, like you said, lay in bed doing our own thing. Yeah. Watching you know? James Charles. Exactly. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so shifting that, I think, has also been important. Um, yeah, because, like, I think, and was it in, like, when we got back together in January, like, when we were, like, we're trying to build a life together? Because I think, like, pro like, I do. I remember talking about this because I feel like we had gone through a lot of stuff in the fall, and it felt like our lives were, like, parallel. I always said this. I felt like our lives were, like, parallel to each other, and I wanted them to, like, cross over more. Um, and so I feel like in the last couple months, like, you know, hanging out, like, whenever, like, we have time or space for each other, like, no matter if it's between Monday and Thursday, I feel like our lives are a lot more, like, together than they are, like, parallel. Yeah, and also I think, um, you know, when, when, the other, when one person is really drained, the other person can sort of pick up, has, pick up the slack, mm -hmm. you know? Like, something that we really never did until recently is, like, I'll go over to your house. Right? Yes, that's true. Um, we spent a lot of time at Olivia's house, yeah. which was for an important factor that finally is over, but, like... <laughs> right. But I think also that made it hard on you yeah. because you're not in your own space. You can't get comfortable. You don't have your things. Yeah. Like, and I told know. that to... Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I'm like, do I say it? My parents were annoying and were growing up in the 1950s and were like, we don't want you and your partner sleeping at the house. Not because they were homophobic, because they were like, thought I was like a child and hadn't had sex before. And I'm like, you've known I've been having sex since I was 16. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> um, and I finally was like, I need to be able to sleep here. Like, because we're always at your house, which I love, and your parents are so welcoming and nice. But you're right. Like, sometimes I just felt like I just want to be in my space with you. So that's been a lot easier. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so making it more of a balanced give and take, I think, has been important. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And then I wanted to touch on, before we get to some listener question things, um, because I feel like we have enhance our communication to a really great great point and I truly feel like I can basically tell you almost anything and everything it may take me like 24 or 48 hours um our recent like moment where I was like it took me a second um but it does get there um a lot quicker than like three or four months um like what we've done to foster communication between ourselves oh yeah um, I mean, I think the cards were a big Yes, factor. I will put this in, like, the episode description, or I'll also put it, like, on our Instagram. Olivia got these, like, great couples cards. Like, they're different. Conversation, two- they're conversation yeah. cards. Yeah, and, like, those were are so good to do. Because yeah. it just gets you talking. Exactly, yeah. So they're, like, open-ended questions that range from, like, superficial to, like, deep to spicy, like, and so you can kind of choose, like, do we want to have a light. an in-depth conversation right. or something light? Yeah. Right? Um, and I think using that to facilitate communication when we were both not good at it yeah, um, was really helpful because then it normalizes talking about stuff yeah, um, and makes it easier to then have more natural conversations or the questions would lead to more conversations. Sure. You know, um, yeah, I said that. I also said, especially when we first got back together after taking a month apart in January, um, we did a lot, and we haven't done it as much recently because I just feel like we've been better at checking in with each other in general. But if you're struggling with your partner to with communication, we had these like couple check-ins that we would do where we would talk about like how like how we think we're feeling. Yeah. So, like so, the couple check-ins would be. Um, what was something good that you liked in the last week? We would have them, you know, relatively weekly. Yeah. What was, was something that was good? What was something that wasn't so good or that you have kind of lingering? Um, how do you feel about the things that we addressed last week? Have things changed? Have things gotten better, gotten worse? Yeah. Like, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, that was um, really helpful. Yeah. I think, again, just like creating space to have uncomfortable conversations, at least until you – until it's normalized and you get better at it and you're more comfortable to just do it naturally, yeah. it can be really helpful. Yeah, and then I think also from communicating with each other, we both sort of started to realize like the individual things that we were struggling with that held us back from talking with each other and kind of dedic- – and I think – if you are in a relationship you care about, you dedicate yourself to working on yourself to benefit your relationship. Because mm-hmm. I started talking about things I didn't want to talk about in mm-hmm. <laughs> therapy. Yeah, me too. You know, like, I think you have to, you know, a relationship is kind of like a mirror. It holds up a mirror and... Wait, I heard that recently. Someone, Somebody else said that someone, recently. Someone you love that loves you is going to, my sister says, is going to trigger the fuck out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and so... You know, 
and that's okay. That's yeah, good. You sure. Know? That that means you know that they're a family member almost. Yeah. You know, a family member is gonna piss you off. Is gonna like push all your buttons, make you angry, and um, and so is someone you love. Mm-hmm. You know, and so yeah, relationships are kind of like a mirror. They point out all your kind of hangups, <laughs> all the things you haven't addressed, all the things that you need to address. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's such an intimate relationship yeah you know um yeah so definitely individual therapy was important yeah as well yeah you know. all right guys now we're gonna get to some listener questions because I told this to Olivia this is the most listener questions I've we've ever received there was so much positive feedback for you coming on the pod so you're loved by the peeps <laughs> but um Something that the people want to know, because I think I've talked about it a little bit, is you you were a dater back in the day, and you do give my friends great dating advice. Um, and so I want you to, because I do think you have a very special approach to it, explain your approach to dating. Um, or just like, you Yeah, know. so, uh, you know, what I always tell you and your friends is that essentially everyone wants to be chased Everyone wants to feel wanted. They want to feel um, special and beautiful or whatever. You know, they want to feel wanted. Um, And so when you pursue someone, when you actively kind of openly pursue someone, uh, you invite them to like you essentially obviously if they don't like you they're not gonna like you you can't necessarily change that and then you need to back off (laughs) but (laughs) you know if someone seems interested but they're not telling you you know that could be because rejection is really scary sure and saying how you feel to someone you'd barely know is really scary yeah so when you as the chaser or the pursuer take on the burden of risk of rejection Mm -hmm. you open up the floor for the other person to willingly like allow themselves to like you yeah basically. does that make sense yeah 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 um I know you're always encouraging my friends to do the a little bit more of the chasing yeah especially I mean people who identify like as women like yeah. it's a whole thing about being the chased one so, so there's this you know fairly accurate stereotype in the women loving women community which is that two queer women oh. will stare at each other across the bar for four hours and then no leave and never anything. talk to each yes. other. Um, and that's because they're both waiting for someone to make the move. Quote unquote be the man. Yeah. Or, you know, where you know, take make the first move. Yeah. But neither of them will ever do it. So if you take on the role like, oh, I'm gonna make the first move, they're if they like you, they're gonna respond to that. Yeah. You know, and they're going to respond positively. Again, if they don't like you back Back off (laughs) like consent but if you're making eyes across the bar for 20 minutes go over and talk to them (laughs) period all right (laughs) you know like just go if they are like haha my friends are here and they walk away okay right bounce back go talk to someone else like (laughs) you know um, (laughs) like uh, another thing i i wrote here um I think it's important not to, I know that everyone is afraid of rejection, and it's really hard not to be, but I think it's important to not fear rejection from people who don't know you and whose Mm. opinion of you really doesn't matter. That's true. You know, this is a stranger at the the bar. 
chances are you're never going to see them again. If you do, you're never going to talk to them again. So if they reject you, who cares? Why does it matter? Why do they matter to you? Beats me. They don't. <laughs> but I had it pretty easy here. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you get rejected, sure, it's going to hurt. But then, like, you know, I, I guess don't place so much value in, in a stranger's opinion of you. True. You that's know? that's really – actually, that's a really great piece yeah. of advice. Um, how do we balance work, life, and our relationship? Um... This took, I think we've been open about it this time throughout our conversation. It just took a lot of time to figure out. I had some boundaries that weren't helping the work-life relationship balance. Um, And, you know, I think we're just better at communicating about, like, when we're free or when we've had, like, yesterday you, like, texted me in the morning. We were supposed to hang out last night. And you were like, hey, like, I didn't sleep well last night. I'm stressed out. Like, you have finals. Like, I need to go home after work. And I was like, coolio, you know, and just being honest about it. Yeah, I think, you know, respecting, you know, my needs, respecting your needs, and respecting the needs of the relationship. Sure. Um, So, uh, prioritizing you know personal rest rest and restoration prioritizing your needs and you know if you need rest or if you need to hang out um and then prioritizing like what does our relationship need how you know have we not hung out all week because we're both individually stressed like maybe we need to reconnect just for an hour yeah you know um yeah, so it's 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 hard. I think it's taken practice. It's I mean, and I I mean, we're almost like on year three, and I feel like we've just kind of gotten it yeah. and understood, and you know, and things like like work and flow. Like Olivia wasn't working full time like a couple months ago, so you had so much time to give to me and like work around me, and now you're working again, and like we have to like, and then you re really have to find that balance with each other. So yeah, just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what has it been like dating a podcaster or somebody that puts their life on social media? It's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's not for me, but like it makes you happy and that's, that's all that matters. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I want to support what you like. Yeah. You know, what matters to you. So. Slay. Um, and then quickly, we're just going to get into some questions about, you and your gender identity mm-hmm. because though that was a lot of questions that some people had asked um so how old were you when you started questioning your gender identity um yeah so for people that don't know I identify as non-binary oh sorry we usually say um, pronouns at the beginning of this podcast <laughs> that's okay I use the pronouns he and they um yeah I guess um Around 11, 12, 13 is when I sort of started thinking about that, probably because puberty was happening. (laughs) Sure. And suddenly I was, like, in a body that I hated, Mm -hmm. you know, and that wasn't right. Um, So, yeah, there were instances in middle school where people would, you know, refer to me with, like, feminine references yeah you know I was a uh, emo in middle school yeah and I there was this friend of mine who would call me shimo mm, okay she emo yeah yeah I and I that. freaking hated that I feel oh the anger oh my god 
<laughs> but I couldn't say anything right. because I didn't know why I hated it. I just didn't like it. First right. of all, it's stupid and sexist, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, and then when I was 13, I had a very traumatizing experience with my therapist. Totally other story. That sort of pushed me back in the closet for a good five years or more, ten years. Yeah. Um, and then what's, yeah. like, initially had sparked for you, like, the thoughts around questioning your identity and how did you navigate those thoughts? Yeah, again, I think it was puberty, you okay. know, and um, just dysphoria. Uh, and then I think um, the older I got, the harder it became to ignore. Sure. You know, I think, yeah. I think throughout my adolescence, I really just pushed it down and was like kind of like you with sexuality yeah yeah you were like nope not gonna, we're not gonna do it right this. and we're then the pandemic came it. and I had so much time to think and I was like what if I wake up at 50 and regret <laughs> this and like I couldn't ignore it anymore yeah yeah kind of the same yeah I mean, for me it happened in college you know where I, and even then it was a very slow road um but you know getting more exposure to the queer community especially the trans community mm-hmm. in college was really important because suddenly I was like, hey, this is actually an option. But right, because you have a lot of friends from college mm-hmm. that ha- are like have experimented and changed their gender identities. Mm-hmm. And so I think like surrounding yourself with that probably was yeah, impactful. Absolutely. I think, again, like especially because a lot of my trans friends are trans men. And so realizing like, hey, you can be born a female and that you don't have to be that. Yeah. Um, was really important, I think. Yeah. In sort of, yeah, just seeing it as an option. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, the way I navigate the sort of uncomfortable or uncertain thoughts is, at this point in my life, thinking about it, talking about it, and playing with it or experimenting with it. Um, you know, like I said, for a long time, I think I ignored it, pushed it down, denied it. Um, but bringing it really to the forefront of my own thoughts and then the conversations I was having with my friends, with you, with my therapist, um, has been very helpful in sort of understanding them better or accepting them better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I feel like I've seen like a huge, like evolution in you since we started dating again in 2020 when it comes to like your gender and how you express yourself and talk about it and clue me into it because for a while you didn't (laughs) well you were slow to warm up okay sure yes I was slow because like I didn't want to bombard sure sure because you were already sort of teetering on it took you a minute it did it did because I think I had this impression of you from like when we were younger and I was like I'm having such a hard time transitioning over to that but then once I made the switch and I've said this to you so many times like I will I can never look at you like like how I used to um and I was like oh my goodness like I I can never look at you that way and when people refer to you in the wrong pronouns I'm like I like don't even know who you're talking about like it's just like not the person that I've come to love at this stage in our lives you know yeah okay last question for us is how to find queer spaces this person like said specifically for women but I think we can talk about it like more in a general sense right I'm bad at this. I'm going to say it to you right now. This is a part of my queer journey that I need to get better at. <laughs> so I um, thought about this question. And, you know, the thing about, I don't know where the listener that asked this is from, 
but uh, there's not a lot of lesbian bars in the country. No, we're lucky um, we go to a place in the city a lot and that has been done a huge wonders for yeah. me with myself and finding community and trying to put myself out there to like meet other queer friends and stuff but definitely I've been slow <laughs> yeah tracks. and there's just not a ton of options if no. you don't live in New York City like, like what, what are you supposed to do a major city like, like what if you lived really in like North Carolina options yeah there's not a lot of options yeah so one option is to research like your local queer community centers um there's a really big and cool one in New York City there's one in Westchester um that I attend support groups at sometimes there's there's, they're all over the place. Um, you, you're more likely to find a community center than a queer community center than you are to find a, a lesbian bar. Sure, uh, I think there's like um, twenty. Like. Yeah, gay bars. Those are kind of a different story, um, but they they're not super. They don't cater to queer women. Sure. Really. Yeah. Um, or even you know femme presenting non-binary people. They're not super. Yeah. Uh, you know they don't cater to that yeah to yeah, that yeah population so yeah queer community centers are definitely a big thing they host like really cool free events support groups aa meetings if that's what you're yeah in need of and even like um, looking things up on tiktok like we got served like a something on our fyp mm-hmm. for this um brand in the city it's called i'm gonna call it a brand but it's called grotto yeah. and they recently did a pop-up at the ludlow house for like queer women um queer people in general though i feel like and now they're doing one in i know it's like in williamsburg and then somewhere else it's like at a beer um like what are those called beer garden brewery brewery there we go um i believe it's in williamsburg and they're there on wednesdays and sundays but also like kind of like using tiktok to your advantage in that way um the the women who the couple that owns it are lovely um and they make amazing drinks (laughs) amazing drinks um so yeah yeah and then my last piece of advice which i wrote here uh if you make one queer friend you could make 20 queer friends because and again it's partially about chasing you know it's about you make one friend and then you say like hey I'd love to meet some of your friends and chances are some of their friends are queer and so then you go to their friends and you buddy up to them and you say hey I'd love to meet some of your friends and it expands out like a tree I love that you know? um, I need to do that yeah so <laughs> you know um, yeah bars community centers TikTok. TikTok online for, you know, online <laughs> platforms. Um, yeah. And socializing and kind of like with dating. Dating, putting yourself out putting there a yourself little bit. Out there and not being afraid of rejection, you know? Yeah. Because it's going to happen. That's, and that's the tea. Okay. That's the tea. You have value even if they don't see it. Aww. I didn't mean to point to you. Sorry. <laughs> you have value. <laughs> Babe, thank you so much for coming of on course. the podcast. For me. This was so fun. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you <laughs> on camera. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at completely fucking clueless and on TikTok and YouTube at completely F C K I N G clueless we'll see you guys next week and don't forget to be fucking clueless bye